Dialogic Disciple is an invitation to explore discipleship in dialogue with the world as disciples of the Word. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Dialogic Disciple podcast. My name is James and I'm here with my co-host... Elizabeth Shamey. Elizabeth, we have a special guest here in the studio today, maybe our number one listener. Of our four listeners, this guy <laughs> might be our, our most faithful listener, uh, Glenn. Glenn Warren, welcome to, the, welcome to this program. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. It is, it's great to have you here. We have, uh, you, you are the one who hounds us when we uh, miss an episode, when, we, when we're getting a, a little behind in our recording. You're, you're the one, first guy that shows up and says, hey, where's, uh, where's another episode of it that? It was that? like a summer of the drought. <laughs> That's right. You know? We took the summer I, off. I, yeah, you took the summer <laughs> off. And my, my, no, seriously, though, my commute is better when i have a podcast to listen to. <laughs> yeah i have about a 30 minute commute well now day. you can listen to yourself now you can listen to yourself um, that's... Yeah. <laughs> so glenn you were telling us right before we uh, started recording that you used to be in radio Do you i did share some of that experience yeah so i uh graduated from auburn university oh, uh man. that's a lot of listeners gonna like that yeah yeah <laughs> uh in 2008 and started in January of 2009 as a producer for Sports Radio 790 Zone. Yeah. Um, I was a uh, the midday producer. I started, well, started off as an intern okay. um, for a, the midday show. Each show, the morning, the midday, and the afternoon has their own set of staff. Okay. And I was the intern for the midday show, a show named uh, Brandon and Wolvey. I don't know if you... It was How on, long uh, ago was that? It was Jeff Wolverton and Brandon Adams were the two hosts. Okay. Uh, this was from 09 to 2012 or 11. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, and then they left the station, and I got promoted to be the producer. I was no longer an intern. I was a producer for... Um, the new midday show, which was Barnhart and Durham, okay, which yeah. was West Durham and Tony Barnhart, yeah, and I was their producer for three years, okay. Um, and then after they left, I did I did the morning show, okay, which was interesting, uh, <laughs> having to be in the office at five a.m. Yeah, Ooh, wow, was Whoa. in the office at five a.m. Yeah. Yeah, uh, early well, that's up. what time we're recording right now. People don't know, but it, we are. It is five oh two a.m. right now. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Um, but no, but but but, but the, the the my favorite part was doing the midday show with Tony Barnhart. Yeah, West Durham. That's awesome. Um, I had, they gave me a nickname. Did you ever listen to the show? I, I did. It was, man, it's been so long. It ago was. Now. It yeah. was. Um, uh, they, I probably heard you they, on air. I was on the air. Yeah. Uh, my mainly it was my my life that was on the air. Yeah. Uh, because as a sports radio producer, you have to have very <laughs> thick skin because oh, they will get picked on a lot. call you names. Yeah. They will oh, yeah. like just make up stuff. <laughs> You're just a guy uh, behind the glass. That's right. right. Yeah. That's right. If you listen to sports radio, that's how it is all over the country. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so like my nickname was big game, Glennie Warren, <laughs> and they would just call me big game because one day in a, in a um, pre show meeting, like yeah. we just had, uh, they were asking me cause they knew I went to Auburn. They were asking me, are you going to the game this weekend? And I said, no, I'm not going because it was Auburn was playing Southwestern State, nobody. Yeah, right. School. And, <laughs> Some high uh, school in Kentucky. <laughs> right, right. And then uh, and they said, oh, well, you're going next week? And I said, oh, yes, I'm going. They're playing LSU. Yeah. And they said, oh, so you only go to the big games. <laughs> oh, so you're and I game. said, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so that's where it came There you from. go. That's so, awesome. And then I got married at the time, so they were asking me all about my wedding. Like, it was all over yeah. Atlanta airwaves yeah. about <laughs> what, I was do- what I was doing or not doing, uh, <laughs> preparation for my wedding. It was 
Oh, that's fantastic. It was quite the, um, yeah. That You've got to have thick skin. My first, when I was on the morning show, it was with uh, Steak Shapiro, oh, Steak. who's still on the radio yeah. at 680 mm-hmm. The Fan. Yeah. Nick Cellini, who's on 680 yeah. The Fan, yeah. and Chris Amino, who's also on 680 yeah. The Fan. Yeah, I listen to them all the time. And they gave me the nickname of um, Leave It to Beaver. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're just so wholesome and pure. Well, I, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, so you've got to have... a story you, there. You, you've got to have... <laughs> You've got to have thick skin. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's funny so. about that is that I listen to sports radio quite a bit here on my commute, right? And uh, they always are, are making fun of or, you know, picking on or talking to the producers. And it never occurred to me that those are real people. And that, uh, yeah. <laughs> we and are. that they have real Aww. lives and real yeah. feelings. <laughs> I guess I'll have them never listen right. quite the same way. So, Glenn, we're not here to talk about sports today, but we are here to talk about, uh, uh, I guess, a variety of different things. I want to start by talking about you. You've shared now a little bit of your history, but you have been part of Northside Church for quite some time, as as I recall. Yeah, exactly. What we call a since legacy I, member, maybe. Since I, What does that mean? It means like you've been here since the beginning, right? Since I was coming out of the womb. <laughs> you were wow. born a Northside That's member. right. I was baptized here. Yeah. Uh, my dad was wow. baptized here. Wow. Okay. My grandparents, I think... I think this is right. We're founding members. Okay. When do you know when the either one of y'all know? Nineteen fifty. Yeah. Nineteen fifty. Yeah. 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 Um, they were, I, I think. Okay. In that. So your family goes way back here. Yeah. Yeah. Got some yeah. deep roots. Um, and, and they let you go to Auburn. I. But both my parents went. Oh well, that explains. Both that. my parents went. Well, yeah. there you go. Then this is a this is a legacy of betrayal for the Georgia fans here. <laughs> oh today. well, you know. <laughs> Um, but Glenn, anyway, tell, tell us about your experience growing up here at Northside. Oh, it was a great place to grow up at church. Um, I was in the choir. Uh, uh, they used to call it, now they call it uh, Cherub Choir, Yeah, with, mm-hmm. which is my, my five-year-old is in, yeah. and my eight-year-old was in, and they're both in the children's choir. Back then, it was like the Joy Choir. They had different names for it. Yeah. Um, do you remember Mike Moffat? I yes. Do, uh, yeah. yes. So, mm-hmm. Do both of y'all know him? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so he was running the choir when I was... Yay hi. Yeah. And went through the choir, did youth group. I was yeah. like president of the youth group. Uh-huh. I, I, Nate Juvenal was the youth minister. First tour. Yeah. First, yeah. first tour. First tour. Yeah. yeah. First, well, yeah. 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 <laughs> and um, yeah, he can tell you some stories. <laughs> yeah. He can. Uh, <laughs> and, um, and, and then uh, went off to college and then came back and got heavily involved with Todd Baker because at the mm-hmm. time he was running the, yeah. what did he Remember call Todd? it? The Young Adult. Young Adult Ministry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, and my wife and I, we got married at the time. And then, so we were on his like, I don't know, remember what he called it, the um, Young Adult Board or okay. his, his committee. Yeah. Um, helping him run, you know, helping him do the That's Young awesome. Adult Ministry. Yeah. And then he left. And then, so now we go to, uh, Catherine's class yeah. every Sunday. It's uh-huh. great. That's awesome. Uh, we did your Mana Flakes class yeah, yeah. in the summer, it's which great was to have awesome. You guys there, yeah. yeah. Uh, but no, I mean, it's been a um, great place to grow up. Cool. And we did a little, my wife and I uh, did a little bit of um, church shopping uh-huh. uh, back when okay. we first got married. Yeah. Because I wanted to just be open to, sure. I didn't want her to, to think, because she grew up Methodist okay. in St. Louis, Missouri. Okay. Um, and which is another reason why I remember when we were dating and she told me, oh, I'm Methodist. I thought, file that away. You know, that's that's <laughs> a good. That's, that's important information. That's good. Uh, <laughs> and, um, and I didn't want to just automatically just go back here yeah. by default necessarily. 
And um, but when I remember when, t- when she came here, she was like, "It's, it's a wrap. It's perfect." Okay. So, yeah. yeah, I was gonna ask because I mean that that's pretty powerful for you to grow up in a church, go to college, and then come back to the same church. And most people do not have that story. That's pretty incredible. So. Obviously, your wife had a part in that and saying, yeah. like, you know, kind of confirm that this was the place to be. She did. She did. I, I, I've learned um, that uh, if she uh, confirms something like that, it's in my best interest to, yeah. to <laughs> get on, get on board. That's wisdom right there. That is wisdom. Um, I've been married, uh, gosh, going on 12 years now. Oh, wow. um, anyway, but yeah, so we've, we've uh, done that. And there's actually um, a few other folks, not many, that I grew up with here that have now come back and have children in the choir and excellent yeah. and all that sort of thing did you grow up with like uh bailey quintrell and yes and that, he's yeah. one of them mm-hmm. okay. yeah. he's one of them um bailey was a year behind me but you know we were shout close. out to bailey i know he's a listener that's right <laughs> that's right he's he's heavily involved in the church too yeah, he is does he everything is. Mm-hmm. and his his wife marianne is they're awesome they are fantastic um, people and and yeah so there's a handful of people um, we it started with with Todd Baker. Yeah, we had a small group uh, that he sort of formulated, um, and we call it our supper club. And yeah. we meet once a quarter, and we usually meet at someone's house, and um, whoever's hosting it makes the entree, and then each couple brings a that's awesome side dish. How long you guys been meeting together now? Since Todd was here, yeah, and that so was wow. probably I mean he set it up, so that was probably. 2013 yeah wow 2012 i mean at least mm-hmm. 10 years 10 years yeah and we've been meeting and it's um off you know off obviously at someone's house yeah. and i mean we really don't do any kind of spiritual um well eating together fellowshipping together yeah is spiritual. totally one of the things yeah. that yeah true, true one of the things that people often overlook with with uh being christian is just getting together with other christians is fellowship is spiritual mm-hmm. right right yeah. so uh, I, I wouldn't discount the spirituality well, thank you. of, yeah, your, of your, yeah. dinner, uh, your dinner groups. Um, and so in that dinner group, there is Bailey. And do you know Jennifer Bon Jovi? Her maiden name is Bickerstaff. I know John Bon Jovi, uh, <laughs> yeah. but that may not be yeah. related. <laughs> I think she'll tell you that she's related to him. <laughs> bon Jovi can't yeah. be that, like, I'm anyway, of a They come to, uh, their uh, children are in the okay. uh, children's choir. They come to Wednesday Night Supper. Awesome. Anyway, she grew up here with okay me. okay um and then off the top of my head there's probably a few more i could yeah. i could uh think about that's but, fantastic yeah, it's yeah it's, s- it's, it's it's kind of rare because you know mm-hmm. i feel like this day and age like a lot of people my age they graduate from college and they go to like what's the hip church like not the north oh. north side's not hip <laughs> come on now whoa whoa whoa, whoa. you are talking about north side church yes but, we are the um, church <laughs> bucket church like bucket and church then, uh, or, uh, uh, passion city Thank you. Pas- yeah, yes, that one. Yep. And then um, we were just talking about it. Caroline and I were talking about it. Um, not someone that grew up here, but someone that was in our Sunday school class recently left, I think, and they were going to Kairos. Yeah. That's the... Yeah, yeah. I've, I've anyway, so, yeah. so yeah. But, you know, to each his own. It's to all good. Each his own, yeah. Um, well, so... First of all, yeah, that is amazing that uh, that not only have you guys come back, but it seems like you got like a little core group of people you grew up mm-hmm. with, and you're kind of just sharing life together, growing up in the church together. That's amazing. I'm curious though, having been here since the day you were born, and now having come back, what's it like to see your kids grow up here at Northside? Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. They um, love children's ministry. Mm-hmm. They, uh, I mean, it's it's fantastic. We had the um, last Friday they did the tacos and tailgate uh-huh, uh-huh. event on Friday night, and I volunteered um, to be a chaperone. Um, <laughs> and they did this game called Stuff It that yeah. Reverend Sarah came up with. Yeah, where 
two uh, children stand back, uh, stand, uh, one stands right behind the other one. And uh, the one behind has to close their eyes, blindfold. Okay. And uh, can't see. And there's a table full of taco supplies <laughs> in front of them. And the person in front can't use their hands, but can tell the person behind oh, them what they should on. Yeah. And so then the person behind using their hands while blindfolded is trying to make this taco and then pours it, <laughs> puts it together, and then stuffs it in the person's, like, they try to eat it. <laughs> and she thought that was the coolest thing ever. <laughs> that sounds fun. Creativity. That would work uh, with any age group, I oh, think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she wants us to do it at home. Um, <laughs> there you go. Family activity. Like so, so that's an example of, of yeah. they're, they're, they love children. <laughs> When you think back on your experience at Northside, you know, as a kid, do you see a lot of, a lot of parallels? Like, like, do you see a lot of shared experience there? I mean, do you think she's having the same experience? Do you think it's so far? Yeah, so far, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it, just to be able to get together with kids that are in your same age bracket, mm-hmm. um, that you know, um, and if us as parents, you know, uh, ha- we all have the same sort of belief system and yeah. want to mm-hmm. want to you know, um, instill that in our, our children. Absolutely, um, yeah. and, um, so much so, and this goes to Dr. Bill's, you know, uh, uh, I say preaching, but he's been not necessarily preaching about it, but he's been harping on having children in yes. even the traditional services. Yes. Yep. And you know, if they're squirming around, if they're making noise, it's, it's okay. Okay. Yes. So we typically do 1115 and, uh, my daughter will, um, she knows when the when the and she's eight. She knows when the offering plate comes by. She has bring brings her wallet and we'll put a dollar or so in oh, there. Oh, that's awesome. Um, she can sort of uh, say a little bit of the Apostles' Creed, uh-huh. like like she just kind of right. knows, like yeah. she knows the, the the cadence and the yeah. tone, and and she can kind of um, and so just even things like that that they're absorbing, yeah, uh, yes. through children's ministry, yeah, through being here, um, yeah. I think is awesome and. Um, so yeah, I that, do see a lot of parallels. That move that we made uh, just a few years ago now to to make sure that kids are in worship with us, I think is one of the best so moves that we've made as a church recently. In the sense that, like, your daughter is is picking up habits and practices and awareness of things that she wouldn't necessarily get. Not that children's church and things like that aren't important and, and can't be transformative, but just the laying that foundation at such an early age. I know that that's how I grew up. Like I grew up mm-hmm. being in the service and that's kind of how I was formed uh, as a person. I'm the kid who invented the turn around and get down on your knees and draw on the pew kind of thing. You yeah, know, like yeah, I, you yeah. know, even though, but even though I was not really paying attention, you I was absorbing it. Yeah. I was thinking about that today as I was driving, I was listening to, um, him and it was a hymn that I grew up just loving. I grew up in the Episcopal Church and I was listening to the lyrics and I'm singing along and it like it, the words of this hymn are ingrained in my head yeah. so much so that you know I have not I don't even pay attention to him right but I grew up singing this hymn and as I was reflecting on them I'm like wow this this the language and the richness yeah. but again that was ingrained in me from you know being knee high to a grasshopper in the church mm-hmm. and what a gift. You know, to be able to rediscover all these things that you get from growing up in the church with that language and that theology, and it just opens up a whole world. Yeah. The music in particular, I think, um, 
that's that's the thing that sticks with me. We get so much of our theology and faith formation from the hymns that we sing and the music that we listen to. It can be 20, 30 years later, and you'll remember a song that you heard, you know, mm-hmm. when you yeah, were a kid. Absolutely. And and it just it restores your faith. It it, re- it re-enlivens your faith or something like that. You know, like I'm yeah. not sure what the language is, but that's that is just something that you can't. Once you miss that opportunity, you can't go back and put that in there, and and that's you know, and even the, the contemporary service. Yeah, I call it groovy church. You know, uh, <laughs> we're not allowed they, to call it that, Glenn. Now, <laughs> <laughs> they, they they love going to when we when we have something going on in the afternoon and we need to go earlier. Yeah, we go to the contemporary service and they love that kind of music too. Yeah, and Mr. Matt, you know, yeah. and, and all the. I mean, they still will sing to just themselves. They'll be walking around the house singing the um, VBS theme song. Um, that he was up there yeah, playing. Uh-huh. I don't know if nice. man, they the, yeah, they loved they the, loved that. He's a yeah. hit. If you oh yes, <laughs> he's a celebrity in our yeah house. yeah. He's a celebrity here at Northside yeah. as well. Um, <laughs> well, that's awesome, man. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm kind of envious. I'm jealous of of your your faith experience as far as worship goes because you're you're getting to live out something that um that really over the past hundred years the church has moved away from, which is that you're growing up in the same church and staying at the same church, which was the way Continuity. it was. You know, 100 years ago, that's how it was for everybody for, for the first, you know, 1900 years of the church. And now people are so, uh, so scattered about the, you know, the world. You know, you leave home, you don't typically go back. And, and so uh, I'm jealous. I'm envious of, of your experience. It's amazing. Well, it's a great place to come back to. Yeah. I mean, Northside has changed a lot over the years, but it's um, sure. also the same. I mean, the same community, same great people. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's great. So, but apparently just not cool. Right? Is that I mean, not hip? Is that what the you word know, is? <laughs> I no, it's it's very very hip. We're, we're hip. I mean, hip to be square. Hip to be square. Do, do those other churches have a podcast? Hey, who even knows? Who even knows? <laughs> well, you came back. You came back to Northside, and uh, I think immediately we've put you to work. Uh, you are serving on the finance committee right now as the chair of the finance committee. You have served in the past as a stewardship. Uh, stewardship head, stewardship uh, chair, chair. Okay, I still am. You still are uh, the stewardship chair. I, I, I think as as far as Ken okay. is, yeah. Ken, Ken hasn't released me yet. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> <laughs> he's still down in that dungeon. Yeah, do yeah. more stewardship. That's right. <laughs> so, uh, what does it mean for you to 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 come back and and be able to serve the church that you grew up in? I mean, like, what does it mean for you to to be able to to? Blah, blah, blah. What am I trying to ask here? <laughs> um. What's it like, man? What's it like to be the the director of finance or the the finance chair? It's it's great. I mean, the um the cool thing about it is to be able to talk about. So I do this for a living. I work for Woodward Academy. I'm the leadership and legacy giving officer. Okay. So a few years ago, uh, Nick asked me if I would chair the stewardship campaign. Nick, now you're talking about Nick Houston, mm-hmm. who used to oh. be the co-host oh. of this particular program. He is uh, he's officially dead to us. So we uh, <laughs> may he rest in peace. <laughs> no, we love you, Nick. No, just kidding. Love you, Nick. Anyway, um, so Nick came to traitor. you. Yeah, so he, <laughs> he asked me to uh, to be the stewardship chair, and uh, and I said I'd do it. And um, first I was the vice chair, and then I've been the chair for, I think, two years now. Okay. I think three years now. Uh, and um, and it's great. I mean, I get to talk to folks about the importance of giving back to your church, yeah. t- tithing, yeah. um, which I think, you know, um, gets into – you know, there's scripture about 10% of your, sure, yeah. of your income. Uh-huh. Um, but I also think tithing is, can be, you know, time, talent, and treasure. Yeah. So like, like you, could, you could tithe in the sense of 
volunteering at children's ministry yeah or volunteering at um uh one of reverend house's uh you know mission yes uh yeah. places yeah um my wife and children are doing it um i think is it tonight actually uh the peace prep i think oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. i did hear her, yeah. angela yeah. say that on her way tonight. out the door yeah yep yeah. she was yeah. going over there um to do that so um anyway and that's just um, as valuable i mean I think yeah. that's something else that people don't uh often think about is that you know we we talked about this uh, a few years ago trying to put on our pledge cards that we give out here at northside putting not just a pledge of, of financial giving, but also of time, of, of yeah. the time that you'll spend volunteering or serving or doing whatever at Northside, because that's really, at the end of the day, time is a more valuable resource right. than any amount of money can be, as we all know. Um, and then the time that people give to Northside as in service is, is inc- we couldn't do what we do if people didn't mm-hmm. do that, you know? Yeah, and I first learned that through Metro Atlanta Project yeah. as a youth. Yeah, okay. um, you know we did map. Yeah, we map graduates. Right, right. get that yeah. right, and and that was back in the day when we would do roofing. <laughs> Have y'all heard? Yes, I've heard stories. Yes, and we'd be in you know on these roofs in the middle of July, hammering nails and shingles and everything, <laughs> and and um and talking about giving back to, to yeah. your community. I mean, um, so that's where it for me it really started there. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so I, I definitely think Nick got the right guy, though, because I've never heard anybody light up and get excited about talking to people about tithing. Right. <laughs> like, usually it's like, okay, I've got I've to go talk to these people about stewardship and tithing. It's, it's an exciting thing if you really know what it's about. Uh, but very rarely do I see someone whose eyes light up and is like, I get to go and talk to people about tithing and stewardship. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I think you hit on it. It's the, you know, it's not just writing a check. It's so much more than that. It's the meaningful experience that you get from sweating on a rooftop during MAP. Like yeah. that, it's those connection things um, that make all the difference in the world. That's stewardship absolutely, to me. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, this church is very, very blessed. We have a lot of resources that, um, and, and programming that we're able to provide because of the tithing, because of the generosity absolutely. of this church. Um but in order to be able to do what we can do, we need we need that, you know, um, every year. I mean, we need, you know, people may look at the at the nice buildings, nice facilities we have, and they are, uh, but we have to continue to have that tithe every yeah. year mm-hmm. yeah. to keep up the programming that we have. And um, that's what I just encourage people to think about yeah. Um, yeah. when they're sitting down and, and making their... Um, as far as writing a check right. goes, but there's also other ways that you can yeah. you can serve and and you know. So I don't know a lot about what it looks like to be on finance or stewardship committees. Do you guys get to do any uh, visioning? Like, what do you what do you want to see of Northside in its future? Like, what do you think about when you have these conversations? Do you get to do any of that? Uh, well, we have revamped the stewardship campaign a little bit this year. Yeah, I'm sure y'all are very aware, and our listeners should be aware too. <laughs> yeah. That uh, you know, it used to be just October, right? Just was just the month yeah. of October, and it'd be uh, four weeks in October. Yeah, and each sermon would would revolve around then. But now, revolve around stewardship. But now it's going to be, I think, from now until through the first of the year. Yeah. Um, and every so often, um, a different member of the congregation or a member of staff is going to do a little moment about stewardship. I think. A couple weeks ago, it was Kelly Stonis mm-hmm. yep. that did yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're going to kind of draw it out a little bit longer yeah. rather than just on October um, to hopefully, you know, because we did have a little bit of a dip um, last year in our, in our um, 
monetary sure. tithing. Um, yeah. And there, there's a lot of factors for that. I mean, sure. you know, the coming out of the, the pandemic, coming out of the and, pandemic, and then you know, what's the world going to look like and next the year UMC, with yeah. the future yeah. of the denom- denomination yeah. all the things i mean so it's not necessarily a i, I would think a lot of churches are, are dealing with that yeah um, absolutely so we have we have done that uh, to change a little bit but more than uh, beyond that it's 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 really not a whole lot of vision um uh or already kind of long-term Unless you're talking about a, a capital yeah. campaign where you're going to sure. build a building, right. you're going right. yeah. right. to do some, some. Well, big renovation. let's give you the opportunity, Glenn. Like if you, you know, it seems like you're, you're, you're deep in the North side. Doesn't sound like you're going to yeah. go anywhere anytime soon. Your kids are growing up here. Like. What do you want to see out of Northside? When people yeah. when people are sitting down to to write their checks or they're thinking about how they're going to spend their time at Northside, people are thinking about, you know, what is this church going to look like in 5, 10, 15 years, 20 years, you know? Uh, how old are you? Can I ask you how old you are? 38. So you're 38 years old. You know, you, you, you've been a part of this church really since you, you were born. So, you know, what's it going to look like in 38 years from now? Like, mm-hmm. tell me, like, what do you kind of see? What, what's your, what is your vision? Uh, well, I would say... Present, presently, I think we have got every aspect of the church doing great, running really well, you know, humming at a good pace, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. going strong. If we could just figure out the youth piece. Yeah. I think that's, that's really huge. the missing piece. Yeah. Um, because it's the young people that are going to, yeah. you yeah. know, run the church. You're later a testament on to and, that. Yeah. And, <laughs> right. Well, yeah. And, um, and and that's where you know the formative years of and I think what did I read recently that um, something crazy like ninety percent of Christians make their commitment to become a Christian and commit their life to Christ in a youth yeah. setting in, in sort that of in that, right. in yeah that time of life yeah yeah that um, that's true, true for true. me it was true for me yeah. it was yeah. true for me yeah. yeah three for three there, right we, there. Go. there we go 100 <laughs> so in this room <laughs> yeah so i think that's so important but I, th- I have no no doubt that we'll get there yeah um it's just a matter of time and god has a plan and and that's um, really the thing you got to kind of lean into that right the the design the plan that god has you know youth ministry I, I used to do youth ministry i did student ministries for probably about 10 years um from the time i was like 21 till i was like 31 and uh, I love it. It's fantastic. It is the hardest job in the church, as far as I can tell, as far as I know, because you're dealing with kids who are erratic and kids, you know, just kids. So you're dealing with teenagers. And yeah. once teenagers become teenagers, they become sometimes terrible people, sometimes great people, but they have a little bit of a transition going on there. Yeah. Uh, and wrestling with them and then wrestling with parents, too, you know, sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. you've got the most uh, unreliable uh people in the church uh <laughs> as far as teenagers go and then you're kind of you're trying to figure out how to get them here how to get them to stay here and and that's keeping them engaged keep yeah. them engaged yeah. right and like you said it's it's such an important time in our life where we're making commitments we're making decisions about who we are um but uh I, all that to say that i did it for about 10 years it, it's a incredibly rewarding job and i know that Northside will find the right person to plug into there mm-hmm. um and i'm looking forward to that I, I with everything's ready to go you just need that that person to plug in yeah. um i'm excited about what god's going to do with that you know you've got oh, how old are your children Glenn? Uh, is there i had an eight i have an, an eight-year-old uh just turned last week eight okay and then just yesterday uh 
five year old. Oh, well, so happy we birthday. have we have two September birthdays. <laughs> okay, that's uh, the ninth and the eighteenth. So um, we had a um, a uh, construction birthday cake last night at the house <laughs> for the five year old. Nice. What does that look like? It was a Publix cake with um, an excavator and a dump truck on top of it. <laughs> <amazing>. Fantastic. <laughs> it sounds yeah. like a Publix commercial. I don't know if you right? see those on TV. Right. Yeah. Like family picturesque <laughs> sort of thing. It was. Exactly right. Yeah. Aww. <laughs> those are perfect ages. Glenn, I have I have a long standing. Um, I have a, da- a daughter who's eight years old too. She yeah. just turned eight in yeah. January or January in June. I think she's uh, in the same class. I think so too. With Ansley, my yeah, eight-year-old. yeah. yeah. Um, anyway. I think they yeah. Um, but I have a theory, a longstanding theory that eight is the perfect age. Eight is like the last time that you actually are who you are before like puberty hits and you're like, everything gets messed up in your head. But like who you are at eight is who you actually are deep inside. What do you think about that theory? Uh, well, I was hoping that I was hoping that it would be longer than eight. Uh, you can get back to it. You can get back to it. But, but uh, but yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's interesting you say that cause my wife and I have talked about, you know, in this world we live in, protecting the innocence of our, yeah. of our children, mm-hmm. um, you know, to a certain point. I mean, sure. obviously, you know, they need to go out on their own eventually right. and, uh, and do their thing. But, um, but, you know, I think that's important to, yeah. to you know, as long as you can keep them, keep them yeah. um, under your wing, so to speak. Right. And yeah. so, but as they get older, like you said, they, they become their own individual, yeah. which is a great thing, but also... Also terrifying. For a parent, it's, it's very terrifying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Have your kids had any faith struggles or anything, or do they bring those kind of conversations home at all? Um, not yet. Okay. Not yet. Um, the only thing is, uh, I don't, this isn't a struggle, but just something that we've had to sort of work through, is um, occasionally with my, just as of yesterday, five-year-old trip, he's my son, uh, when we do our, our daily, our nightly prayers at night, I usually do the prayer, and, and I'll say, uh, I'll say, would you like to pray for anything? And he'll say something like, I would like to pray for a puppy dog. I would like to pray for, you know, and, and I would, you know, he, he was on this thing about um, a chicken coop with some chickens in the backyard. Oh, I'm, and I'm, I'm like, tracking. I'm tracking. <laughs> I'm like, okay, they're not wishes. <laughs> right? like, we're not writing a letter to Santa. We? This isn't a genie, <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> So we've had to kind of explain yeah. that, yeah. Um, uh, but um, and, and talk through that. Uh, but but I think to back to your your question about are they experiencing the same thing I experienced when I was their age at Northside? For me, I remember thinking not that I didn't have questions as I got older and and things that you wrestle with in your head, but uh, it was such a way of life coming to church every yeah. Sunday, yeah. doing youth group, NYF on Sunday yeah. night, mm-hmm. Wednesday night supper. I didn't really, I mean, it was kind of just what we did. Yeah. yeah. And exactly, so, yeah. Um, at least at this stage, I think they're probably feeling the same thing. Sure. This is what we do. This yeah. is, so I don't think they've gotten to the point where they're, yeah. you know, asking me, what is the meaning of life? You know, or, or, or you know. Um, <laughs> well, in a sense, that's kind of what childhood is about. And you're laying a foundation. Of course, they're, they're just kind of absorbing right now. And, mm-hmm. and they're not having those challenging questions that they will. And when they do having that foundation to kind of go back to, you know, the Bible says, what does it say? Train your child up in the way of the Lord and they shall never depart from mm-hmm. it. Now they're, they're going to in their twenties for sure. Uh, when they go to college, but they'll come back. Right. That's, that's one of the things yeah. that, uh, speaking of youth ministry, one of the things that I constantly ran into is I had parents who'd come to me and, and I'm sure, I'm sure the children's ministers run into this too, but parents would come to me and be like, uh, what are you going to do to make sure that my, my kid grows up in the faith? And I'm, and I looked at them and said, look, 
uh, we're going to have a lot of fun together, and I'm going to teach them from the Bible, and they're going to have a few experiences that they're going to remember. They're going to be powerful for them, but they're going to learn faith from you. Like yeah. whatever you model for them, that's what they're going to come back to when they're older. Because more often than not, yeah. there are exceptions, but more often than not, kids grow up in the church. Kids who grow up in the church, they oftentimes during college will walk away from the church for a little bit. You know, even me, like I, I went to college to become a, a a teacher of the Bible, and even I kind of like stopped going to church when I was in college. Right? It happens. Like you, you mm-hmm. walk away from it, but then when people get married and they have kids uh-huh. and they come back to the church, they're gonna be they're going to try to model the same faith that was modeled for them for the most part. Um, so children's ministry really begins at home. It sounds like you guys have a pretty good grasp on that right now. Yeah. I, we think it's so important, yeah. uh, to, to, to model yeah. that behavior, um, in front of them and, and, um, just set a good example. Yeah. Um, because they, they are sponges. They do absorb, yes. um, everything. And, um, and yeah, so we, we totally subscribe to that. So uh, Ken, our executive director, has been uh, trying to has talked been talking to us as a staff about budgeting, and so you know every department plans their budget uh, every year, and um, he's been trying to get us to think about this in a missional way. So what is the mission of Northside? What are our values at Northside? And make sure that we lead the budget conversation with those questions. So I'm curious, Glenn, you know, from your perspective, um, what do you think are the values that drive North? side and what does that look like to use those values when we budget when we talk about finances well i think um one of the things it's funny you say that because one of the things that ken had told me in a meeting recently was that he had given y'all some or y'all the staff some um uh parameters a a sort of a of a template uh, to how to do your budget and what he what he thinks he would like to see accomplished and he was telling me that he was really pleased with the way the staff uh, took that to heart and really, um, you know, did a great job of of setting their budgets for the year. And no department was over budget last time we talked, uh, <laughs> uh, which is still the case. Um, and and so you know to take that, you know, I don't want to say instruction or, or or you know task that he gave y'all, and to think about the overall health and wellness of the entire church rather than just my budget and my, you know, right. I have to get my programming in and mine this, right. and, you know, and, and take, think about the, the totality of the church and how me doing my budget in a certain way can, can, um, benefit the entire organization. Yeah. Um, you know, teamwork makes the dream work, I guess. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> um, yeah. so he was telling me how pleased he was with that. Yeah. And I That's got to report, cool. I actually got to report that to the finance committee and then to the executive committee and the church council last time we met. Um, so it was really great. So, Ken, yeah. Ken cool. does a great job of, and one of the things that I love about Ken since he's been here, um, he does a great job of, of reminding us why we're here and what, what we're doing. And for somebody that's in his position, that's not, it's not necessarily rare, but it's not something you expect. It's, you know, someone whose head up is, is overseeing the finances and stuff like that. It's generally about the bottom line before anything. But he really does a great job of when we do have to cut back or when we do have to shift funds or when we do have to think about budgets in a way that, that we're not used to thinking about them. He does a great job of reminding us that we're doing it all really to glorify God at the mm-hmm. end of the day and to do the work of the church. And he is, he is constantly and consistently reminding us of that. Um, and I think not just us, but through us, maybe the, the congregation as well. Yeah, and I think that was part of his stewardship approach this year is 
trying to communicate how we connect those numbers to the mission. And that yeah. kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier about it's not just writing a check. It's the experience of community, of relationship. It all is rolled into this experience of what it means to be a good steward of what God has given you. So it's not just you alone with your budget, your checkbook. Right. You're part of a community. And so how do you illustrate that through your actions? And that, I mean, honestly, that trickles down to individual members and families of the church too, when they're doing their budget, right? They're doing their family budget. Like, how am I going to contribute to Northside? You know, thinking about it not as just a, what am I giving, but how am I participating right. in, in the life of Northside Church and that commitment that me and my family want to make to Northside Church. Right, exactly. And that, that commitment, I mean, while we need the, 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 the checks, you know, and the finances, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. you know. <laughs> Um, like a good that's right. That's finance right. chair. Ken, Ken would be uh, upset if I didn't uh, with me. Nobody gave anything this year, but everyone's volunteered. We have great volunteers. Yeah. Northside um, UMC backslash commitment. We you can do it online. You can give us a check. You can text to give. I don't know if uh, did we have Venmo. Um, we, we can should. set one up. We should. Um, but you're right. It it's, it's comes in many forms, and I think. Um, you know, uh, it's very important to remember that, um, that, 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 you know, tithing is not just, um, you know, strictly cash. I mean, you know, um, and, um, and, and, and as a family, yes, you have to think about, to your point, you have to think about, you know, what are we going to do to be involved in the church with our time, our talent and our treasure? Yeah. You know, those are three things we talk about at work where I work Um, and it applies here. You know, and one of the other things too, uh, that I think, I think gets highlighted mostly during stewardship uh, season. Uh, but one of the things that I, I constantly come back to in my own mind is, is when you give to a church, when we think about actual financial giving um, and, and, and uh, volunteering and stuff like that too, serving, it, it's different than the other kinds of giving that we do. Like, because we, we're, you know, we have a, we have a people uh, here at Northside who are incredibly generous uh, people, and they're generous we do. Than more than just at Northside. They're generous to other organizations, other social organizations, other people, uh, uh, you know, probably to uh, football teams and, and everything else, right? We have people who like to give. Um, but when you give to the church, when you give to any church, but when you give here at Northside Church, it's not just about, it's not just about, uh, uh, it's not just about a, a gift, uh, an offering. It is, it is a commitment to the kingdom that we are building together. It is a, it is a commitment to a thing that's been happening now for 2000 years. That uh, is a gift that God takes and, and really makes into something way more than it ever could have been by itself, you know, and that multiplies that it. It multiplies it. Hey, ding, how about ding, that? ding. That's our stewardship <laughs> theme this year. Go forth and multiply. <laughs> right. And that's right. I should say, I have to give um, my lovely bride the, the, the credit for this point is she said to me, Oh, um, you know, Dr. Bill preached on multi- multiply last um, last Sunday, and that applies to stewardship. You know, where where um, your gifts to the to Northside allow us to multiply what we're able to do. Yeah. Here. Um, yeah. Here at and then unfortunately, no gifts means subtraction. So <laughs> we don't want to go that way. Uh, <laughs> I thought you were gonna say division. I was like, we already got oh, enough of that too. No. <laughs> no. Uh, no. We'll, we'll cut no that. I'll <laughs> say no. I'll <laughs> say that that we we've talked about this that that how many churches could sit down and 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 have conversations like we've had at church council. Oh yeah. You know and um not get heated you know not get it yeah. you know yeah. and, and and i think that's that's healthy it's good it really um, is 
while we might disagree or or whatever, I think it's it's I think it's okay. Yeah. Um, and so, you, I mean, you talked that, about it too. Uh, it, just to get into it for a minute, like you talked about it before, Glenn. Like there are many different reasons why giving at churches has declined or why it's not where it used to be. The pandemic is a huge one, but I think a lot of it also is people, particularly Methodist churches, with the thing that's going on right now with our with our denomination. Uh, that that of which we do not speak, but we'll talk about it. Uh, I think there are some people who are hesitant to give or that are withholding uh, maybe to see what happens or those kinds of things. But what I see at Northside Church is a church that is is ready to 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 wrestle with it, these these issues that we have in the in the denomination, but people who can disagree with one another and still sit in the pew and worship together and still be the church that we were designed and called to be in Jesus Christ in a way that, that I quite honestly don't see that in a lot of other churches. Well, that that's exactly what I heard out of that last church council meeting that we were at. And I, that was just beautiful to me. I mean, it was a long meeting. There was a lot said, but the fact that we could all be in a room together and say different things and have different opinions and different points and, you know, come out of it saying, you know, I'll see you on Sunday. I'm, yeah. I'm going to worship next to you. Yeah. I think, I think, uh, you know, you asked me earlier, what's Northside going to be like in the next 38 years? In the next 138 years, Northside's still going to be awesome. Yeah. I mean, Northside's always going to be a great place to worship and, and yeah. have community no matter what. No matter what happens with the denomination. I mean, I'm, I'm so confident in that, that no matter what happens, whether it goes, whatever happens, it's going to be, Northside's still going to be Northside. Yeah. Um, and, and that's not going to change. And so... um. I, I think um, it's very interesting that you said that the uh, two and a half hour meeting was was beautiful. I, I you know, <laughs> some of us have other feelings. About yes, this. yes. The, the, the content of the meeting was beautiful. The um, length of the meeting was <laughs> the, yeah, co- well. the cold supper waiting at home. Not so much. <laughs> that's right. Well, that, that's and that again. I think I can't say this enough. I mean, that's the whole purpose behind this podcast. Why we call it Dialogic Disciples. God loves the dialogue and he loves the debate. He loves the disagreement even. What he hates is the division. And I think as long as we can come together and remember that we're bound together with one cup, one Lord, one baptism, it doesn't really matter what we think about issues. We love each other. We support one another. And, and we're in this together. Uh, and I love that. And I think you're right. Northside Church embodies that. And that makes it awesome. I think that, that foundation is solid. So. Amen. Absolutely. All right. Well, Glenn, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been this great has to been talk. Fun. Thank you for having me. This is a lot of fun. Yeah. Thank you so much. Elizabeth, thank you for being here. Happy. And always, guys, always. we will see you next week. Based on the chat GPT show, you cut out my most favorite part of the podcast. Oh, no. What you I changed cut, it. What I cut out? What you the say, beginning? You say, my co-host. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can do that. <laughs> right. I don't know. I mean, I think it's funny. I thought I'd start calling my wife. Hello, co-host. <laughs>